When trying to make it in the music, arts, entertainment, and acting industry, that fan base and that central core audience is essential. But sometimes for people, especially for myself, it can be difficult to build that fan base. To really go from ground zero to that dedicated group that goes to every show, buys every album, listens to every song, watches every TV show, goes to every audition. And specifically regarding music, the connection with the audience and that fan base and that 1,000 people who will listen to every single song is vital to anybody's success. Because ultimately, the way that this industry works is it's built on people liking you and wanting to hear more from you. But when it comes to things like social media marketing, it can become scary to people. It was scary for me, for sure, to be like, how do I manage this? How do I go about this? How do I turn this into a business? How do I turn these people who maybe just showed up every now and again because they liked the song into real dedicated, hardcore fans who stick around? It's easy enough telling everybody that you need to do it. It's a lot harder to actually do it. Luckily, I've got someone on today who has been through that. Gone through the checklists, been back and forth, made mistakes, and is able to come on here and let you know his experiences. And the best thing about it is he isn't established yet. He isn't making millions of dollars. He isn't living Kanye West lifestyle. He's just like each and every one of you listening here today, and he's just like me. Somebody who's pushing to make it in their chosen field. Somebody who has a drive to create, to do, and someone who has built up maybe not the biggest following, but enough of a following to give some advice to people like me and to people like you to bring themselves from that zero to that 1,000, or in his case, to that 10,000. This is the Movement Podcast. Enjoy. In a very crowded art, music, and entertainment industry, it can be hard to find your voice in the sea of millions of people trying to be just like you. If you're like me and want to learn how to stand out amongst the crowd, then you're in the right place. Join me as I sit down with some of the industry's brightest minds and uncover the secrets involved in making it in your chosen field. This is the Movement Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Movement Podcast. This podcast sits alongside the launch of an exciting new community called The Movement. We aim to connect artists with the people that can help them further themselves and this crowded industry and sit down with some of that industry's brightest minds and shed some light on where people go to live out their dreams. Today's episode of The Movement Podcast, we sit down with a good friend of mine. He's a hip-hop recording artist, songwriter, and motivator living out of Vancouver, B.C., Born and raised in Kelowna, he moved to the big city in Vancouver to follow his dreams and making it in music. Since so, he has amassed a following of over 10,000 people on Instagram and an ever-growing group of dedicated followers and fans. He released his debut self-titled album in August of 2018 alongside 2017 single Slow Down, 2018 single Summertime and You Don't Know Me, 2018 single Never Stop, and most recently, Don't. He's hard at work in the studio on his second album, which drops this year, on streaming platforms everywhere, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Dylan Stasiak, better known as Swayziak. How you doing, my man? What's up, baby? How are you doing? Thank you for the introduction. That was very kind of you. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. I got you. 
All right, Dylan, before we begin, I'd like to let you know that rather than a question and answer type podcast, I'd like this to be an open discussion. So although I have questions prepared, feel free to ask questions back, get involved in likely discussions, and if we go down the rabbit hole, we go down the rabbit hole kind of thing. All right. So we're going to start a very basic, I ask a question to everybody, uh, but talk about your journey, some of the roadblocks you faced, you know, if there was an epiphany moment of, you know, I like music, this is what I want to do. Talk, talk about that journey through music and how you got to this point. Okay, yeah. So, um, growing up, I never was uh, forced into being uh, an artist. Uh, my biological father was a, a gentleman that wasn't around much of me growing up. And uh, my stepdad, who was in my life since I was very young, always pushed me into sports. So, throughout my childhood, I never really was surrounded by music too much. I knew I loved music. I knew that I could hear good music, but I never wanted to ever pursue it. wasn't put it into band, never learned an instrument. And then I, uh, when I was 18, I moved up to Calgary. At that time, I was working, I started working at Joey's, but I was also working at this gym called World Health. And uh, at World Health, I was working with this gentleman, uh, working with a gentleman named Keston Ross. And Keston Ross was a good friend of mine. We became really close. And during our downtimes at the gym, he was he's a hip hop artist himself, hip hop R&B, amazing, amazing talented gentleman. Um, but he, uh, we used to freestyle. We used to freestyle just sort of back oh, and good forth. Stuff. Like, I, yeah, I never used to be like good at it or anything like that. It'd be like banana rama tama sama nama. Like it was just, it was just <laughs> you know, just practice, practice. Yeah, yeah. After a while, like it did come a little bit easy to me. Like I kept going at it, and then I was working at the bank um, in Calgary as well, Scotia Bank as a teller. You know, just trying to figure out what I wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, just trying to get that money. Just trying to build up that repertoire. I got you. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I was working at the bank, and I used to. This is after the gym, so I was still freestyling a lot. Of, so I went to like freestyle to everyone that used to come to my wicket, like used to like, you know, the bank tellers, and yeah, yeah. a lot of people loved it. But like, there was also customers like this eighty-year-old woman beside me. That's like, where the heck am I? I thought I was at a bank right now, <laughs> right? So my boss yeah, yeah, was, yeah. can't be, you can't be doing that at the bank. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. But I ended up making can't a, be doing those hip hop shows at the bank, yeah, man. I know. What the hell? <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, so like that was uh, that was fun. She told me I couldn't do that anymore. Like just obviously bank rules, and yeah, yeah. I ended up write, writing like a pun song towards Scotia Banks. So, like <laughs> it was like my first thing I ever wrote, and it was like it'd be like multi them advisors helping you grow your money tree or something like that. And like, and I ended up performing it to them. They ended up loving it, and I got to perform it at our best of the best celebration. Uh, and then throw Kelowna, it was actually an amazing opportunity. And I kind of at that moment was like. Hmm. Maybe I can, maybe I can do something, you know. Yeah, this I is what you're into. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I always, lo- I always loved performing. I used to love acting yeah. growing up, and I always liked to, I don't know, be, be in the fucking spotlight. You know, I like to. For sure. And so it was like for me, I just was like, wow, this is something like I enjoy music. I had a lot of like walls I had to jump over in terms of confidence in myself at the start. It took me about three for years sure. after that before like I, I came out with like an actual two singles or anything like that. But I took it yeah. a little more seriously. And then, um, yeah, I dropped two singles, just rough, rough recorded, worked with a friend of mine out of Kelowna. And then I went to Thailand. Told Ooh, myself Thailand. I was going to move. Yeah, I went to Thailand for a month and a half. That was phenomenal. Um, but I had packed up everything. So I knew I wasn't coming back to Kelowna right. when I got back. I knew that my plan was to go to Vancouver and maybe pursue this a little bit more. I was all in five years. And then I got to Vancouver and the rest is history. Here we are, baby. 
Here we are. Here we are. So you say you had a couple of hurdles you got to get over confidence wise. Uh, How do you think you really went about doing that? Because it seems like that's kind of a common theme in music is is self-confidence kind of building. Um, I feel everybody is kind of really hard on themselves, especially when they're just beginning music. If you had to think of some strategies you think you used to kind of get over that hurdle, what what do you think you kind of did for yourself to boost that? I think think the biggest biggest thing to start off with is understanding just the sense that everyone is is different in terms of like even even though there's hip-hop artists even though there's rock artists like there's things we're not we people compare themselves a lot to people that they want to inspire to which is great for motivation in terms of like getting your butt in gear and helping you get to to where you need to do but a lot of people take it as a negative and they go wow i'm not that or i'm not there and so that can really beat someone's up if you don't understand that you're not supposed to be like them. You're supposed to do it your way and how, what makes it easy for you. Like some people are like, oh, I write this way because this artist does it that's famous. And like, why don't you just write that gets the song out the fastest? Like, there's no, you're not, there's no yeah. sense of how you're supposed to do it. It's your art. You're, and so my biggest thing was finally not competing with other people and just competing with myself, just trying to make my music better and better and better. And with that and consistency in the craft, like yeah. the one thing that you're gonna find a lot of pushback is, is everyone wants to be a fucking rapper. Everyone wants to, of be course, a of course. Star. Everyone wants to be a friggin' fa- like. So it's like a lot when a lot of people try it, there's not much of a longevity in how long they work at it. Yeah. Like, and so and then yeah, like I, I realized too that as artists, most of us are perfectionists. Like we want our song to be all of us are perfectionists, man. All of us are perfectionists. Right? Yeah. And so it's hard to be like be like, okay, this song's not ready yet. But you know what? Yeah. What if what if what you're creating is, is as ready as it's gonna be for your stage? Like I keep thinking mm-hmm. to myself, I'm like, Oh my god, this album has to be the best because this one's gonna take me. I'm probably gonna write five, six, seven more albums from this thing. And the craziest thing is when I wrote my like, last album in August or, or uh, August 2018, they, yep. they I, did, I was like thinking the same thing. I'm like, this is the one that's going to take me. And if you keep thinking that mentality and not one, release yeah. it, you just like get the music out <laughs> there and you'll see yourself grow. You'll get better as you do for it sure. more and then your music will go. So like stop, I, I got to learn to stop holding on to stuff too. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's the thing, something everyone really needs to work on. But you mentioned you, you've kind of got that group now, a little bit of a dedicated following. You kind of, when you put out a show, you've got it. You, you kind of have an idea of the crowd that's going to come out. And you obviously worked hard. You, you're, you're on your own. You're solo. You don't work with a label or a manager, as far as I know. Uh, you know, maybe you have people in your life who you're connected with who are your managers. But I'm sure there are strategies, really, that you used, especially to build your Instagram following up to like 10,000 and above now. Like, congratulations for that, by the way. Uh, but what strategies do you think you, you used and what, what do you think you can tell people to, to really build that group of people, that dedicated group? Get from yeah, zero so, to- yeah, no, a, a big thing, like I started that Instagram account when I was in Thailand, like uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to start off fresh. I wanted, cause I struggled at first thinking like, do I keep my Dylan, Dylan Instagram account and then just make that like Swayzeak and that, that be the thing. Right. And then I, I struggled with like, cause like I only ever use one account really. Like I only ever use Swayzeak, like, but in the terms of that, I know that if I go on to Dylan, those are just more like my, my personal closer friends, like so on and so forth, that I can kind of keep separate that if I don't, he's announcing. Because Swayzeak's a brand and it's a business and it's, and you have to be, I'm not going to be posting everything on there. Like, so I think that the starting off with like doing that separation and now thinking that Swayzeak's a business, I can push it as a business in that aspect was a great start. And then right. from there, it's just, 
it's taking it as a second as a second job like people don't understand that that platform at the start you can you can post good content and you can do all this stuff but if you're not hustling in the back like actually interacting with comments in terms of like when you when someone t- messages you like genuinely talking to them not just like sure. doing that and showing care because there's a lot of people that just sort of jump at it in a in a very fake robotic way right yeah for so sure all I, so all i did for the longest time was every sunday i would go to artist pages that were very similar to me and i would go to their most recent uh photo Mm-hmm. Go to the liked people that like that photo and I'll go to their profile and I will like and comment their last picture and I'll write something, whatever is a stay blessed, whatever. And then they'll be, sure. they'll think it's something robotic or whatever. And then they'll talk and then I'll have a comment and right away, man, that type of interaction, that people go right to my profile. As long as I have yeah. something I'm doing that is love and that they can, they can fuck with and boom, but just being genuine, man, like not being a robotic. A lot of people buy shit and like they, they buy like bots and all this stuff and it's just it yeah. looks it looks so cheesy man it yeah, it's people cheesy. trying to get the easy way out right it's people like hey if i just put like 10 bucks into this and then just let it do its thing in the background i'm gonna get millions of followers kind of thing and that's just not the way it works right you know you yeah, really got to be out there yeah but and people don't understand the marketing side of it either though like because when you when you release a project say like a single or something like that you mm-hmm. are going to put a, maybe a thousand dollars into recording that and laying it down, but you should be spending about a thousand dollars on marketing. Like I know it sounds yeah. fucked up that you just did a whole song, but like when <laughs> like my sponsored ad is everything for me. Like because I can dictate now what this does. It puts it in front of people that are just going to like it. So yeah. I put money into those. Like those uh, every every big thing I need to be noticed. Quick hundred bucks here. Quick hundred bucks here. And yeah. it's like that's like a and that helps. That definitely helps. Yeah. You answer these questions before you put the sponsor up, right? It's like it's like what age you're looking for, what demographic, what what interest do they need to be interested in, and then so mm-hmm. it's only going to be on feeds of people that kind of fit that category. So the likelihood of them touching that ad is good. Like it's not going to land on an 80 year old hunter that like yeah. like fish and shit. Like that's just not going to be. They're not going to be like don't just don't like. It's not gonna be like <laughs> yeah, right? I know what you're saying. Yeah. So sponsored ads for sure is, is like a good key. And then the last thing, man, is fucking genuine contest. Contests are the best, yo. <laughs> like, you get you give a good, a good item like with, with somebody, something that you actually like, though. That can't be like some yeah. stupid ass like company that's just like, here, put this up. You genuinely got to use it yourself so you can have backing. Um, I teamed yep. up with this company called Van City Key. That, that When I first moved here, they helped me out. <laughs> and every year on my birthday, I give away a set of these keys and they're like VIP keys just perks at restaurants and locations yeah. and stuff like that which is an amazing program now for sure I do this I do this thing in this contest which is just dope you get this gold key I don't have my keys by me but I got this gold yeah. key and people people want it right so now what these people do is that they have to tag their friends now they're taking everyone in their friend group so it becomes this like circular thing like so like they're gonna take 10 15 we do a randomizer to pick very easy on my end doesn't take any yep. stress and then you have to actually deliver those prizes because as long as if you do not you you lose all credibility the first time no one will ever do it again you mentioned uh connecting with people you mentioned being being reasonable don't just bot you know go out and talk to people and the second that they get 
get that back you know they're like oh shit this guy's for real you know it's not like some some guy that's just going around liking people to get people to go to him he wants to connect so i got a question in here is basically you respond to every comment on your instagram post and i see it you respond and like every comment on your youtube videos you're active you you know and and just recently i saw on your instagram stories uh for covid which obviously we can't get around right now so it's had to come up at some point uh you put something out kind of helping people with mental health which was was absolutely awesome i saw that and it was it was just something a, a great next level to really connect with your audience so you've kind of answered this question already but how important is that connection to you to to a next degree absolutely I, I, like i say like there's there's so many things people can pick out there like and like or go like, be entertained by or get their whatever right their entertainment from and mm-hmm. The difference between a lot of people is that Instagram is a very much, this is my highlight reel. This is the best of me. This is everything that's good. Which like, I definitely put the best photos up and all my photographers that I use, like fantastic for sure. But I need, I need them to see that like, I I am just as real as you. And my whole brand and who I am and what I mean at the core of me is that it doesn't matter what, like, just because you're not going to be a musician, there's something that you're good at that I can't do and that that someone can do that you can't do. And then it's both finding that and running with it and telling you that I'm not, no, I'm no no one special. I still have mental health issues. I struggle with, I still have my anxieties and my insecurities and all that bullshit. But the only difference is I'm, I'm literally doing what I love to do. So that makes it a little bit more exciting for me, right? Where people are struggling with all that stuff in a job they hate. And then they're like, well, this fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And you just keep going down that spiral, right? Yeah, right? And so, like, yeah. I just want to make sure that these people can, can connect with me and see I'm real and just chasing it. And, like, want to know a secret, man? Mm-hmm. That, like, my first show I did when I got to Vancouver, my very first show, I yep. I was at the Biltmore Cabaret, and I was working at Joey's, and, like, no one had seen me perform yet. It's probably, probably been living there for five months talking. I'm this big artist or whatever. <laughs> so, I think, like, 140 people showed up. Like, we had, it was, like, crazy pack for, for me. And then that was just... just on my ticket sales and then we like so it was packed house yep. and 70% of those people don't even like hip hop I'm, I'm it's not about that like I'm like I'm like come and watch my show because you're the best hip hop you have people supporting you for you yeah. for, for yourself I think that's key man that's the key yeah. uh, just like a lot of guests I speak to you have a connection to Nimbus you took a Absolutely. course at the school we, we both went together um, so talking about that course how how useful do you think a course like that is for people? You know, maybe not necessarily the Nimbus course specifically, but just, just going and studying the craft that you like to do. How important is, is that to you? Do you think? Yeah. Okay. Write a little note. Cause I'm going to tell you, I'm going to answer your question. And I'm going to jump onto something I'm, I'm learning right now during. Okay. For sure. Kind of, okay. So a course like that is super important because what people, what people find, especially artists nowadays is that it's very easy to be an artist. You can just record a song, drop it up on iTunes and now, you, now you're an artist, you know, you fucking whatever. Like it's very simple <laughs> yeah. nowadays. So there's a lot of people that get good at specific things. Like let's, let's call it like a tunnel, like the tunnel of recording, releasing all this stuff. And then, so they've gotten really good because that's all they're doing is this recording, releasing, but they haven't learned about music business. They haven't learned about other lanes of, of what's important in the music industry. So yes, they're really good right now and actually getting pretty professional at that one thing. But, as as the famous Dave Genn says, it's, it's about knowing your ducks. Because like, you don't 
you don't know what your fucking ducks are. You, you think you have like this one duck is perfect, but like there's 60, 70 other hats you got to understand as an artist. And a course like this taught me so much about the back end of everything. Not only that, but it taught you about like the, the, the just the raw reel of songwriting and like learning about stuff that I've never, like I said, I wasn't around music for me. That just like, I kind of got yeah. like a little bit more of a confidence through my, as a musician there too. Yeah. Now I kind of know what people are talking about, learning about how to record all this stuff, so on and so forth. It, it definitely isn't a course where you're trying to get an expert at any of those things. It's about being this this sort of chameleon and being able to adapt in every situation as an artist on yeah. on like an, a a front musician level. So yeah, no, there's um the last thing I was gonna say. I know what I told you to do is is that um now so now because this whole pandemic, this whole fucking lockdown, everyone's at home. Yep, can't do anything. So studios are closed, but we have more time than ever on our hands. So like. As an artist, I'm now creating and writing so fucking much. And now I'm like, first time in my life, been like, I need to go record five songs right now. I'm like, that's never happened to me before. Like, I've never had that type of opportunity. Yeah. So now I'm getting put in a scenario where like, okay, well now what do I do? Like, maybe I should get equipment to do it myself, right? And during this whole thing is like, I don't think if it wasn't for this pandemic, I would have learned how to lay vocals properly and then start buying your own equipment. Now even more than ever, I'm getting confident in myself because... I love going to the studio and recording. It's, 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 you got good vibes, yep. working with another professional, like you got another ear on it. But it's also hourly rate. It also costs money. Yep. So you're only in there for two hours and you feel like very pressured to get shit done. And maybe if it's not 100% there, you're done. You don't want to go back again. So you want to get all the. I spent nine, not, no, nine and a half, ten hours yesterday laying vocals for a track and I got it every fucking word exactly how I wanted it. And there was no pressure. I got the vibe and I missed lunch. Yep. I went all the way through it. I couldn't, I was like, I was just so into it. Like, yeah. and I'm so grateful for my course that I learned at Nimbus, like through Nimbus and like doing that artist development because it was, it was a small amount. It wasn't like a crazy recording, but enough to lay vocals down. Like I got like the gist of it and kind of handled. So like, I'm like, when you talk about, is that course necessary? I, I loved everything I learned in it. So yeah. 100%. Your career is built on motivating people, keeping people positive. Um, and like we mentioned, you opened up to talk about mental health. You're kind of, you understand how people are suffering right now and, and you kind of, you're opening it up to, to try and connect with people again and, and finding creative ways to keep pushing in, in, in your industry. For yourself though, in this time, obviously we can't get around it, like I was mentioning, in this time, how, how are you staying positive? Other than putting your music together and just head down, spending all that time, how, how are you keeping yourself positive during this time when you can't really go out too much? I, I have this weird, like, epiphany moment, man. Like, you think as an artist and you dream about what it would be like to not have to work and just focus on music your whole li life and still mm -hmm. get paid. And it's just like, I take a huge cut from work for sure but yeah. I'm going to struggle to get back. I am, I'm at a point right now where people are struggling with like all this stuff and I'm learning a lot about myself for sure, but I'm enjoying every fucking moment of this vacay. Oh my God. Yo, like I, I don't want to go back. Like they're telling right. us we're going to go back early. I'm like, no, we said we're going to, we got to be quarantined for four months. I'm so much 
I obviously don't want people dying. I want, but like, let me yeah, stay yeah. in my house for a little bit longer. I guess you, you kind of rework yourself into these times, and I think a lot of people are doing the same thing. And I guess uh, that's a very good way to to stay up there and and stay positive because you know you've you've had your setbacks. I'm sure a lot of people have their setbacks. A lot of people are having their setbacks, and. Um, you know, one one that comes to mind for me for you is uh, the time you mentioned that you uh, unfortunately had to file for bankruptcy when you were back in Kelowna. Um, yep. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? How, how you kind of rebounded, how that affected you, kind of some lessons you learned in a sense, you know, how it took Absolutely. you to where you are today. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it was at the time when it's, when it's going on, you're going through a lot of struggles. When I was in Calgary, I just... I first of all didn't tell anyone I was struggling. Like my parents would ask how things were going and I always wanted to impress 18 through 22. I'm on my own. I want to tell them I'm doing good. So yeah. I just struggled however I could. Like I, I, whatever, however I needed to get money, if it was a loan, if it was uh, whatever, like I would, I would talk my way into so much cash and then yeah. I would uh, running a company and they would be like, they'd be like, this guy's well suited and well spoken. Let's give him $10,000 line of credit. I'm like, yes, let's go. That's freaking, yep. and open up a few companies, failed a few companies, learned a lot of lessons through that, and then you kind of just have these this pile up coming, pile up coming, this anxiety that's created, like not people calling you for money all the time, and like you never, if you get a big paycheck, it's never going to savings because you always have someone you have to pay off. It's actually the worst feeling in the world. And yep. when I came back from Calgary to Kelowna, my parents. Where I, we, we had big, like, I'm closer to my parents than I've ever been in my entire life because just going through that with them and understanding that being open and being honest about what you're going through, people make mistakes. And I think if I would have opened up sooner, I wouldn't be in so, so much of a hole or wouldn't have been so much in a hole. Yeah. But sure. came back and they kind of got me all situated and set up. And then I was like, I was nervous about telling people like, or, or like failing the bankruptcy has this big, like weight on it. People are like, Holy for shit. sure. Yeah. Like, what is bankruptcy? What happened? And then you, then you learn about it. And, and what it did is it erased about like, it was like 57, $55,000 I had in debt, just gone. The wow. downfall for people is that if you file for bankruptcy, you're usually not 22 years old. So you usually have a house, you usually have a car, you usually have a lot of assets yeah. and those would all be gone if you filed for bankruptcy. But because right. I didn't have any of that, what I, I, nothing changes? Okay, good. So the only right. thing I had to do is you, you can't make over a certain amount of money a month. Um, for nine months is your first time you bankruptcy. It's like 13 or 14 the second time if you do it. But nine months of budgeting. So I can't make over $2,200 or whatever it is. Then anything over that has to go to these creditors. Once I've done that for right. nine months, I have five years of no mortgage. I can't be a CEO of a company. I can't um, apply for credit cards, loans, nothing, right? right? So five years. So that was 22. I'm now 28, 27. And it's like at 28, I'll be officially out of this. So I'm a year away. Good stuff. Um, but the biggest thing is that like the, the anxiety of it all, the stress I had of like telling my family or admitting that I was wrong was way less of a stress than all that money that was piling up against me and I needed to get rid of. And once that was all gone, it was like the biggest yeah. weight off my shoulders, so freeing. During yeah. that time, I learned a lot, man. Like, like, like because of the money situation I in, I always struggled. I was like, I was never, never making ends meet, never paying my bills. Like now, like it's so important to me to pay my bills on time because I know what it's like to not have that and the importance of 
what it is to do that, right? Like, so yeah. I learned a lot. And I, 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 saw, I wrote that song Freedom during that time, which was a big thing. I was like living in a fifth, a really, really nice fifth wheel trailer, but it was in the middle of a landscaping company's lot. A guy I was working for, bless his heart and everything he did for me. But but like, I'm in a trailer. Like, this is where, where I've gotten to. Like, I'm living in, like, it's all plugged and ready to go. And it was actually more beautiful probably than any condo I've ever lived in. But <laughs> it's still like through the winter and stuff like that. It's not the funnest living in a trailer. So like, there yeah. I was. You got nothing better to do. Wrote a song about the like. Here I am, my lowest, and like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And since then, look what we've created. You know. <laughs> other, other than that, what do you think? What do you think inspires you in the world? Is is there some person, something, or or do you kind of you you kind of be your own motivator? Like, what what do you say inspires you in the world to to keep going? Yeah. Um. Uh, what inspires me is seeing people do it. Like, I'm very inspired by other artists like around me and things like that for sure. Like, I love. I love seeing whether they're dancers or actors or whatever. Like yeah. when I see my homies killing it and friends that I'm close to are doing well, like that makes that put the fire into my ass. I'm like, yeah, let's go giddy up. Here we go. I'm a simple man. I don't need many extravagant things. I just want to be able to live this exact life that I'm living just without looking at a pay, like at a, at a price tag. Like if I want to do yeah. some, go on a trip, whatever I have that, if I need to, I don't want to be working at the restaurant anymore and serving. Like I want to be doing music full time. And if that becomes a point, I don't need billions and millions of dollars, man. I need a couple hundred thousand a year. I'd be happy. Yeah. Let's go perform. Yeah, just, like, I don't yeah. The more attainable it looks, the more, the yeah. more motivating it is. And, and, you know, that support group, we, we heart back to, to what you're talking about, how you went back to your parents. As soon as you opened up, you were kind of like, you were ready to go. It helped you move past that. As you know, leaning on the people around you who truly care about you and your fans even at the same time um, is, is, is big. It's massive. So new music on the way very soon. Um, I don't oh, think we have we? don't think we have a date, so uh, we're not going to spoil any of that because we need the I'm big so reveals. I'm, I'm so glad. Excited. Other than the music and obviously the inevitable music videos, what's next for Swayze Yaka 2020? I'm going to drop this. I'm gonna drop this music on y'all, and uh, we're gonna do the biggest show of my career. That's the next step. I'm gonna plan. I'm gonna do it all myself. I'm gonna rent out the place, book the artist, book the show. I'm gonna plan big, big, big. Like it's gonna be a two month in planning, big marketing, and I'm gonna yep. do a big album debut, and it's gonna be the biggest performance. And I'm gonna do that. See uh, if I can do this and really do it smart see how much money we can make out of this and then mm-hmm. maybe plan for a, a tour of my own you know like trying to do the exact same thing but just in different so, cities and yeah we'll see so like that's that's the next thing get this get this music out because i've been people have been hungry i've been starving you and yeah. i need to feed you i need to feed you <laughs> feed you the music get that music yeah. out there new swayze yeah. act stuff coming you can count on at least one ticket sale for your big show i'll be there hey, for you my, my man guy, I appreciate yeah. You. yeah well it looks like that's all the time we have dylan love chatting with you today always knowledgeable always dedicated pleasure to hear some of your strategies how you remain positive as for everybody listening thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the movement podcast let me know who you'd like me to sit down with and talk to about the future and make sure to share some of this with your friends the movement is here to help struggling artists and music business members get the answers to their burning questions about where they can go to make it in their chosen field so as you join the movement now it's your turn and thank you so much let's go have a good day brother
This has been the Movement Podcast, the podcast where we sit down with some of the industry's brightest minds and look at the secrets of making it in your chosen field. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, and share this all with your friends. What are you waiting for? It's time to join the movement.